What's up everyone and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Elliot Finn asks why Ahsoka needs Professor Hu Yang to find Ezra. Good question. And it's one that I hadn't even stopped to consider. So in the Ahsoka footage that they showed off at Star Wars Celebration, Professor Hu Yang's in it. And I, I just got excited that Professor Hu Yang was in it and that he's still alive. He didn't get completely destroyed during the Great Jedi Purge or anything. Um, but yeah, I hadn't really stopped to then wonder, what's he doing with them? <laughs> I mean, we don't need a reason to have Professor Hu Yang involved in this story yeah, to, he just wants to, help, to, hang. to help find Ezra. We just we just smile and nod uh, <laughs> and accept this as a gift. Yeah, well, but I think that Elliot's right. I think there probably is a reason. And uh, Elliot suggests, you know, maybe they're going through ancient temples to track him down or something, mm -hmm. which I think that could line up with, again, more of what we saw in that footage uh, or even the little special thing that Rosario Dawson shot uh, just to say, like, sorry, I couldn't be there on Thursday. Um, it looked like she was in some ruined temple area. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I could see them needing Professor Hu Yang's extensive knowledge because he's been around for thousands of years so we we first see professor for those of you who don't know who that is maybe he's in the clone wars he's like an a really really old droid and he's in the youngling arc yeah and he helps them to build their lightsabers that's basically his specialty is he he has a record of every lightsaber that was ever created so maybe we should be jumping off of that uh if there's a reason they would need old lightsaber lore mm -hmm. to find ezra Maybe there's a tracking device on his lightsaber. <laughs> well, he didn't help build that one. Uh, but maybe maybe he knows a way to like track someone through their kyber crystal. Like for a Jedi to reach out and, and feel the presence of their lightsaber or something. I don't know why they couldn't just reach out and feel Ezra's presence, though. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe maybe they need him for specifically lightsaber-related reasons. Or, I mean, maybe Ahsoka needs him or needs his help to to fix something on her lightsaber. And then while she's there, she tells him, like, what she's up to. And he's like, I might be able to help with yada, yada, yada. Prepare yourself. I have an idea. <laughs> uh, if Din and Grogu were in the Book of Boba Fett, it's possible they could be in Ahsoka as well. What if Grogu needs a lightsaber? What if Grogu needs a tiny lightsaber? And Hu Yang is like, ooh, I've never made one this tiny. Aw, I bet he has. But still, yeah, I like that idea. I think that's possible. I, I kind of hope that it's not... I, I hope we don't go full-on Book of Boba Fett to the point where it's a whole episode that has nothing really to do with the main story. What happened to Yoda's lightsaber? Uh... I guess still, Luke still has it. Luke still has it. I would he's assume like, so. He's like, I'm going to keep this because Grogu said no, so it's mine now. Yeah. I do wonder how they're going to bring him into the story at all, because last we saw him, he was completely disassembled by Hondo's pirates, uh, but then he was back with the Jedi Order, so I assume they repaired him. Um, you know, maybe we're going to see him in the Bad Batch. Ooh, I because, like that. Because, yeah, we know Gunji's in it. Could, could see more of the younglings mm -hmm. and just... He has a relationship with them. And I mean, he has a relationship with every Jedi, I would assume. So maybe the the younglings helped rescue him or something. Yeah. 
I mean, there there is also the chance that this is not Professor Hu Yang. And How it's just you. a similar looking droid. <laughs> I think it's him. I think that if you're going to show that face in the I'm in the trailer. Throwing it out there. Yeah. Dave Filoni knows what he's doing. <laughs> it, they could have just shown any cool droid. I think it's, I'm going to go 95%. That's, that's Hu Yang. Hello Wolf wants to know if Ahsoka really was young for a Padawan and what were the average ages for Padawans to become knights? I thought that was an interesting question and timely uh, because of, I've got the the cover sitting right here actually. (laughs) (laughs) I need to put it back on the book. But Brotherhood kind of gets into this uh, a little more than even the Clone Wars does. Uh, But I I do think that Ahsoka was young for her age, or uh, young for a Padawan. And Anakin points that out in the Clone Wars movie. Uh, But Anakin was also young for a knight. And I think he's probably is ignoring that because he's the chosen one and he's special and everything. But uh, Brotherhood and episodes of the Clone Wars like uh, Lair of Grievous show that Padawans were being promoted to knights because they just they needed generals. And so they were being promoted too early. Mm -hmm. Their training wasn't done yet. I mean... Obi-Wan was 25 when he was uh, promoted to knighthood, and Anakin was 19. So that's, (laughs) I think, a pretty big difference there. And you can tell that the Jedi were just kind of like scrambling uh, because of the Clone Wars. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember how old she was when they found her, when Plo Koon rescued her. But maybe, maybe just from then on out, like they recognized how strong in the force she was and we're like let's let's put her on the fast track let's put her in the uh the gifted class yeah i don't necessarily think that she was promoted too early but with knights being promoted quickly and then uh they also wanted to get padawans into the field as well and that's something that happens in brotherhood palpatine is specifically like oh well i mean we don't know how long this war is gonna go on and these Padawans and younglings, they need to be ready to grow up in times of conflict. And so mm-hmm. he made this big push to promote knights and promote younglings and just speed things up. And that the is, Jedi just did it. That's just so much more sinister when you think about that. And then he's like, just getting them all ready for Order 66. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that I hadn't even thought dude. of that. Like, I was thinking of just making the Jedi rush into things, but also, yeah, it's putting more Jedi and more Padawans into the line of fire with the clones. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's that as well. He knows that he's going to send Anakin in there to take care of those younglings. Yeah, but I I wanted to say that, yes, I think Ahsoka may have been young to be a Padawan, even if I personally feel like she was ready. Uh, Anakin, I don't think, was ready to be knighted, but that was all just uh, a scheme of Palpatine's. It could also have been like just an, an inside joke between Yoda and Obi Wan. Like, hey, let's give Anakin this Padawan that's like super young. Oh yeah, I kind of see what happens. Even if it was the result of some Palpatine machinations, it was also Obi Wan and Yoda and their own little machinations for Anakin. Machinations. Mm. What a word. Sarah Black asks if future versions of Obi Wan Kenobi's Force Ghost will appear as Ewan McGregor or Alec Guinness. I think they should just go all in on uh, Ewan McGregor. Yes. I mean, we, well, Alec Guinness is gone, so. 
Right. And, but <laughs> are they going to do something, you know, like they did with Tarkin? Mm. Uh, are they going to do... I mean, they could have Ewan McGregor play him and then digitally alter him to look like Alec Guinness. I say no. I say mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah, I mean, you have Ewan right there and you he did this series. So I think going forward, it makes sense to, to keep using him for older Obi-Wan. And it's kind of like, we don't know... Force ghosts might have the ability to kind of choose how they look when they show up. Like if they're if they're like looking like their best selves, <laughs> maybe Obi Wan decides. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back a few years. Yeah, in Return of the Jedi, when Hayden showed up, <laughs> yeah. uh, Obi Wan was like, "I didn't know that was an option." Yeah. <laughs> and like quickly makes himself look younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I-, I think that they should just have the actor because Alec Guinness is obviously not available, have Ewan play him. No matter, I'm sure people would be like, why does he look like Ewan now? It's like, it doesn't matter. And, and to your point, in Shadow of the Sith, uh, we see Anakin's Force ghost, and he kind of shifts between mm-hmm. uh, Hayden and uh, Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think because he's on Exegol, he's having trouble controlling how he appears. But yeah, I mean... Why wouldn't a force ghost be able to kind of like entering the matrix? (laughs) Yeah. You should be able to control how you look. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Hayden, we've heard rumors that he would be in the Ahsoka series as well. And what, are they going to make him look like Sebastian Stan? No, like if he's a force ghost, it'll just be Hayden. Especially, yeah, if if he's going to be talking to Ahsoka, he needs to look like his much younger self. Yeah. I think if it ever happens with... You and certainly some fans will be like, but in universe, why does it? Why? Why? Well, maybe he <laughs> and shows... I'll just be like, just just deal with it. Like what I just said about Hayden, maybe he shows himself to people according to how they remember him. So that would be more Ewan than mm-hmm. for for someone like Ahsoka. That's a good point. If Ewan is a Force ghost for Ahsoka, that makes perfect sense. Uh, oh, there was something else I wanted. Oh. Um, Ryan Johnson said that he had considered instead of having Yoda in The Last Jedi, it would have been Obi-Wan. But since Luke had never interacted with that version, Mm -hmm. uh, they went with Yoda. That makes sense. That was something he considered. But I'm like, whatever. (laughs) If if Ewan had walked out of that tree, which I kind of thought he was going to, uh, I would not have batted an eye. I wouldn't have been like, now hold on a second. (laughs) (laughs) This version of Obi-Wan never met Luke and it's like how do we know that it's been 30 years I it, it may have honestly it may have taken me out of the moment to to think about that I'm, I'm glad that they stuck with Yoda I think I would have well yeah I think that they should have done both <laughs> frankly just to have all Luke's mentors come in like try to snap him out of this thing uh but it, it would not have bugged me in fact it would have thrilled me to see the prequels so heavily referenced uh in the sequel trilogy Justin Marshall wants to know if Taika's Star Wars movie will be consequential to the rest of the Star Wars franchise. I've seen a lot of people talking about how Thor Love and Thunder feels very Mm self-contained and doesn't move forward like the main plot of Phase 4, which I don't even really know if we know what that is yet. I mean, I think it kind of does, but in little ways. In the sense that we knew we were moving towards the infinity war uh but yeah. i guess we didn't really know that 
until the first Avengers movie, mm-hmm. and we haven't gotten to Avengers 5 or Avengers Phase 4, whatever. Uh, so will Taika's Star Wars movie likewise be inconsequential to the franchise like the rest of Star Wars? I kind of think yes, but I also want that, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, from what we've heard Kathleen Kennedy and and others say about standalone films and how, like, not very successful they were, it makes me think that this won't be more of a standalone. Okay, yeah, I think you're right there. Um, I guess what I think I'm trying to say is it's not going to connect to the Skywalker saga. I think it's going to maybe branch off for a new direction, yeah. a new era, something. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that is likely because, like I said, the, the spinoff movies just haven't done as well. Um, and yeah, they have made plenty of those remarks Yeah, where it's like, oh, we have to rethink. And, and they did kind of make some comments about moving all the films in a certain direction so yeah i had forgotten about that yeah it's just it's so hard to talk about his star wars film because we have no idea what it's going to be about when it's going to take place uh if i had to put a guess on it right now it would be something in the mandoverse because that's kind of where taika's been involved so far sure i i just hope and this is also based off of comments he said he said that he wants it to you know expand and grow and move star wars forward and not keep uh going back to the same wells so that's why i was kind of like i don't think it's going to affect i i don't think it will be part of the mandoverse i don't think it'll be part of uh the skywalker saga it'll be kind of like the high republic of starting something new i hope and if it does well then they'll keep it going um if it does poorly, then they would probably hit the brakes on it. Mm-hmm. But I would rather see something new. And I don't see Star Wars as the same as the MCU in the sense that it does have all of these films moving forward in time and driving one big narrative forward. I see Star Wars as lots of little sagas that we can, you know, they're connected to each other, but we're not constantly moving forward in time the way that the MCU is. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that. I want to keep the two franchises distinct. Audrey asks, why the Jedi stopped using vehicles like the Vector, which needed lightsabers to unlock the weapon systems? Uh, I didn't even mean to do that. We mentioned the High Republic, and here <laughs> we are talking about the High Republic. I think that that's something we're going to continue to explore. Uh, why Vector's and other vehicles and other Jedi things kind of disappeared. We don't see Jedi Wayseekers anymore mm-hmm. uh, by the time of the prequels. And I, I think that that's just part of the story of Star Wars and how war changes people and changes the good guys too. And I think that that's one of the main themes of the High Republic is how this conflict with the Nile changed the Jedi from like their golden era to the way we see them in the prequels, where they're still the good guys, but they're definitely different. Yeah, I mean, we see the Jedi continue to get more and more involved with politics, and just the more you you mix the two together, the chances of them being more involved with the, you know, the companies that are making these ships, they're not going to be like, well only Jedi can drive these? Like, <laughs> this, that's kind of sucks. So, like, the more they 
mix the two, the Jedi and like the politics side of things, I feel like eventually someone would make the decision that like, you know what, this isn't fair that only the Jedi can fly these with their lightsabers. <laughs> well, that's you don't have to use the lightsabers to fly them. What I really like about the vectors is that the lightsabers are used to unlock the weapon systems. Okay, well, only the Je they they won't like the idea that only the Jedi can make that decision. Right. And I I like that in the time of the High Republic, it's just another step for the Jedi to consciously say it's like igniting their lightsaber where uh if you're just in a ship that has weapons and it's a lot easier to just make the decision to well I'm going to shoot that person down end that life because we're in a conflict but now the Jedi have to take their weapon make the conscious decision to unlock their weapon systems and you know that that's something we see disappear mm -hmm. over the next 150 years that they're a little more cavalier about taking a life. And uh, I think that the Jedi of the prequel era are still more until they get deep into the Clone Wars. They're still good about it. <laughs> but it's definitely something that got phased out, I think, during the conflict with the Nile. Um, but yeah, politically as well, they go from serving the light to serving the Republic and what the Republic's definition of the light is. And that's also no good. Yeah. And we also see them just slowly get less and less in tune with the Force. Mm -hmm. So the idea of having to use their lightsabers for something like the weapon systems could have just been like the the natural thing to be phased out, the, the less connected to the Force they are. Well, I wonder if we could see them go like, hey, we, we've lost Jedi in fights because their weapon systems weren't unlocked. We need to get rid of that failsafe, which is a decision th that I'm like, I understand. More, more and more Jedi like Anakin showed up that keep losing their lightsaber. <laughs> and then they get in their vector and they're like, oh no. Oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think that there is a probably a good reason for them to phase that out on the surface, but it is something that you know, was noble about the Jedi that got just chipped away at because of war and conflict. That's not necessarily their fault. I'm sympathetic to it, um, but it's something that they never reestablished when the war was over. But yeah, th I think that that's very much what the High Republic is about, is how war and conflict changes the good and the bad people. On to YouTube questions, Michael Kadok wants to know if we could ever see prequel-era characters interacting with sequel-era characters or locations. Absolutely. And we already have. I think uh, they mean on screen more mm -hmm. specifically, but the comics have done stuff like that. I remember Jar Jar and uh, Captain Rex have a little adventure on Mimbin, which uh, is not part of the sequel trilogy, but... Uh, was introduced more in the Disney era. It was created in Legends, I know, but it, mm -hmm. it rose to prominence uh, in the in the Disney era. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of examples of this, but I'm trying to think of like which characters would show up again. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking of characters that are super old and that have been around for for that long. Right. I'm waiting for Maz Kanata to pop up and she's been in the high republic but it would be cool to see her during the clone wars and just catch up yeah yeah well that that would be going backwards then i guess i mean i guess so <laughs> but 
I'm trying to remember if we've seen anyone go to Canto Bite. I feel like it's been mentioned. Uh, basically, I'm saying it's happened, just not on screen. Mm-hmm. And it would be something that I would like to see. We know that the Mandalorian is about to encounter some Manzellans. Uh, that, but that's still, does, does that count? I'm trying to think of things that existed before Disney and uh, telling a story. I mean, we're, they... we're all waiting for Dex to show up. Right. <laughs> in something. Honestly, like there are a lot of characters like Dexter Jetster, Hondo Onaka that I feel like would fit really well with the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hondo for sure. Dex, I would love to see Dex and, and Din have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But I, I just wanted to say if you're uh, itching to see stuff like that happen, check out more of the books and comics because that's where it's happened pretty frequently. Sebastian O'Leary asks if Jason Sindula could be one of the main characters of Skeleton Crew. That's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. I had not thought of that. I like that. I do too. Well, okay, so well, he we know he is force sensitive. So they they hinted strongly at it. Yeah, it depends on whether or not any of these kids are going to be force sensitive in the story. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that. This, I, I don't want to say it's rushed into production or anything. I'm sure they've had this planned for a while. But it's interesting that we just got it announced at Celebration officially. It's coming out next year, probably shortly after Ahsoka, which is going to show us Hera. Mm-hmm. And it's taking place in that same timeline. So if Hera is off doing an adventure and Jason feels left behind... Give him his own movie or show. I I think that's a really interesting thought. And he would be, I think he'd technically be like nine at this point. I think they're, they'd probably want it to be a little older. But since when has Star Wars really cared that much about (laughs) age in that way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this show, we knew this show was going to be about a group of kids. So it's... They're they're kind of catering to a younger generation, which, duh, that's what Star Wars likes to do over time. But to be able to connect it to a character like Hera, after having her pop up in one in like ah- Ahsoka, a live action TV show for more geared towards adults, it, it makes perfect sense. It, it is something I had not considered, but I'm like, I could see them doing that, and I'm into the idea. Now, whether or not the... Maybe the... Hu Yang is getting Jason his lightsaber. Ooh. Oh. Maybe Hu Yang is more going to be in Skeleton Crew. Oh, I would love that. That's a... I mean, if we're building off of like the Youngling arc and that kind of idea, and we have this droid who's like stuck on an adventure with them, kind of like the C-3PO character mm-hmm. of like, everybody calm down. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go home. <laughs> Those are fun ideas. Mm-hmm. Cryptic Elements wants to know if Darth Vader will or should appear in the Bad Batch Season 2. I can see it happening. I mean, we know Palpatine's going to be in it, and where he is, Vader very often follows. Mm-hmm. Um, should he? I don't know. I'm open to it, but I also I don't need it to jump off of what I harp on probably too often. They have modeled him. They modeled him for Clone Wars Season 7. So I I can definitely see it happening. Wasn't it season two when he popped up in Rebels? Yes. Technically, I think the very end of season one, I think that's when they hinted at him. Or or they 
he had one appearance. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The fact that they're bringing Palpatine into it, we don't know how much he'll be in it, but where he is, Vader follows. Yeah. So I, I think I would be excited to see him in this show and like how they introduce him and bring him in. And like, I like to see a character like Rex, if he is going to be in it again, talk about Vader, that would be really cool to see. That's true. I, I hadn't really considered that, that, you know, a lot of these characters, I mean, all of the Bad Batch served with Anakin. Rex, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, Cody knows him, so they probably don't know who Vader is now, but it, it does make for a very interesting dynamic. So it, it's something where I, I get a little bit of Vader fatigue. I don't want to go too far down the Vader rabbit hole, but... When you put it that way, I'm like, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. It's more than just, let's put Vader in this for the sake of it. No, there's some real reason to do it. Mm -hmm. Michael Herr asks, how many people in the Rebellion knew Luke was related to Anakin Skywalker? I don't think very many. It's interesting. I I feel like we just talked about this maybe in the last Q&A or maybe in a live stream or something, but there was a deleted scene in A New Hope where Red Leader talks to Luke and says, Skywalker, I knew your father, flew with him, he was a good man, and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, So there's potential for it. I think Mon Mothma knows. I think Bail Organa knew, obviously, briefly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, longer than briefly. I'm just thinking about what happens to him in A New Hope. Uh, I think the high-up level people of the Rebellion knew, and that's it. Yeah. It's funny, because we've talked about the the fact that the last name of Skywalker is apparently a common name. Like that's how they they kind of like hand waved yeah. that away. But I like to think that like so Luke thinks that and he's like, oh, nobody knows who I am, and like everybody knows. <laughs> and they're like, they're all just keeping just, it hush hush. <laughs> he just he just is walking around with that last name, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> Something that they've said in books and comics and stuff to explain that away and say that, oh, Skywalker is just a common name where we never, ever hear it anywhere else because it would be confusing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll be funny if one day we do finally get a Skywalker who's just, it's like the Antilles. So many people have the last name Antilles or the first name of Bale. So when when are we going to meet Bale Skywalker? Yeah. And he'll be like, no relation. <laughs> no relation. It's okay. <laughs> or you'll have people pretending that they are related to them. <laughs> Someone did do that in the comics. Someone pretended, who kind of looked like Luke, pretended to be Luke. And then Vader killed him. <laughs> oh, no. Well, don't do that. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you. I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose.